Welcome to Go Into All the World. Our host is Gary Griffinhagen with Manny Rodriguez as co-host. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. We pray this program is a blessing and encouragement to you today. Well, thank you for joining us here today. Again, it is going to be a good year, Gary. Amen. It's going to be a great year. Well, listen, we're going to have our, it turns out our fourth program about success. And today I want to kind of look at 2 Corinthians 8 to start off. So if you have a Bible, go to 2 Corinthians 8. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7 and then comment about them. Here we go. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of friction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and even beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. And not only because we had a hope, but they gave first themselves to the Lord, then to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love, see that you abound in this grace also. Wow. That's pretty powerful. Let me, me make up with comments. Yeah. Yeah. Think of what they said. In the liberality, they're giving liberally. Mm-hmm. Even though they were in deep poverty, even though they were deeply in affliction, it says, okay, they were willing and they were kind of like imploring, Paul, mm-hmm. take our gift. We want to give this gift to you. Wow. And they give themselves to the Lord first. It's not like, I'm going to take money because I'm a rich person. I'm just going to flaw off this thing. No. They gave themselves to the Lord first, and then they followed through on, the, on this gift. Now, look what it says at the end there. It says, as you abound in everything, faith, speech, knowledge, and diligence, and your love for us, abound in this grace too. So again, we're seeing, man, that God is encouraging people to give liberally and to abound in this grace, not back off, not say, I have no money, not say, I can't put anything in. We're going to abound. Right. Um, wow. So another powerful affirmation uh, of giving liberally is in chapter 9, hey. verses 6 and 7. Okay. But this I see, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So, so let each one give as he purposed in his heart. Amen. Come on. There Not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful, cheerful giver. And he does love a cheerful giver. You know, we mentioned a little bit about this scripture before, but think about this again. If you reap sparingly, or so to speak, you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. Mm. But the converse is also true. If you sow bountifully, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to reap bountifully. So God says, purpose in your heart. Remember that last scripture we read in 8? how they purpose, we want to give, even though we're affliction, even though we're kind of like in a bad place, we want to give liberally. So you begin to purpose in your heart. I know the Holy Spirit right. begins to kind of quicken to you or, or kind of say, Gary, you can give a lecture this time, or Manny, give a little bit more this time, or maybe just give regular time, you know, whatever. But again, if, if God wants us just, just to get by, we've said this many times, or just be poor, like that's the New Testament standard it, a lot of churches and people think is in the New Testament or they've adopted from the New Testament. 
this scripture could not possibly be true. Mm. I mean, that portrait, excuse me, this scripture makes that portrait impossible. Here's why. Mm. If you think the New Testament standard is poor or get by, when you see this verse, it says, he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Right. You couldn't reap bountifully if that wasn't the New Testament standard. Well, so in my mind, the New Testament standard that some people have made up is wrong. Mm-hmm. And this scripture blows it out of the water because it says you're going to reap bountifully. Okay? Right. And if you think about it, let's go back to Deuteronomy 8.18. It says, listen up. Again, I encourage you to listen to this. Again, we've gone from 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Now we're back to Deuteronomy 18. It says, we should remember the Lord our God, for it is he who gives power to get well. Why? That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to you. So is God saying, I want to give you mansions and Mercedes to show off? No, I made a covenant with you. And I want to establish that covenant. And you can look at the New Testament. Here's the covenant God makes. Go into all the world, preach and teach the gospel. Well, it takes money to go into all the world. If you want to have a church, you got to have lights, you got to have a building, you got to have parking. You got to have staff. You got to have all the other utilities. And these things have to be paid for. If you're a ministry, let's say like Mission Aviation Fellowship, we're going to put planes in Indonesia right. and planes in different countries. It takes money to buy those planes. It takes people that have to be there to oversee those planes, to fly those planes, and fix those, right, to maintain those planes. So it's the same thing. God gives us power, okay, so he can fund the gospel whether it be local churches or international parachurches, international ministries and things like that. So again, when you think of money coming into you, don't think, okay, this is about Mercedes and mansions. No, it's so I can fund the kingdom of God, just like we saw back in 818. God said, I want to establish my covenants. I'm going to give you the power to become wealth. Right. So let's continue in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9. So, of course, it speaks that they speak of God making all grace abound to us so that we can have all sufficiency in all things. <laughs> sufficiency in all things. Well, listen, before we go there, I'm gonna, I want to go back to 1 Corinthians 16. So, again, we're going to jump back a little bit. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 through 4. Then we'll come into 2 Corinthians 9. And here's what 1 Corinthians 16, and I want to kind of look at it line by line. It says, concerning the collection for the saints, as I've given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each of you lay something aside, storing up as he or she may prosper, that there be no collection when I come. So it's already established where he gets there. Right. And when I come, whoever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. So there's going to be like an official person. We're not just handing some money off to anybody, okay? Right. But it's fitting that I go also, that they will go with me. Right. So, Gary, here there's a number of points in these verses. Right. And I want to kind of, re- we, we set these last week, or I'm sorry, last program, but I want to kind of go over this again. There's a number of churches involved, Corinth, Macedonia, Galatia. So we see this is a standard among Christian churches. It's not just one church or one little, if you want to call it, offering. No, this is a standard. We see money were set aside on the first day of the week. We take the fruit we receive, the paychecks and things, and we set it aside. We set aside in God's property, prosperous. What have we earned? What have we brought in? Maybe we brought in extra. Maybe I can tithe more. 
okay? Next thing, we bring the monies to the church. The storehouse, again, is our local church. That's where your tithe goes, okay? Finally, the church, the church staff or the church administrative staff collects these monies and distribute as needed. Gee, maybe they're going to pay the pastor. Maybe they're going to pay this as pastor. Maybe they're going to pay the worship leader. Maybe they're going to pay the light bill. Maybe they're going to pay rent if they're renting the building, your property, <clears throat> taxes or things like that. So again, this is not some little hidden practice. No. And so many, of course, in the body of Christ have questions about tithing. So let's discuss the tithing for a moment. You know, let's go there. And that's kind of why I wanted to start here, Manny, rather than go right directly into Second Corinthians 9. Okay. And I want to make sure what, what, what you and I believe and what I, we feel is the New Testament standard. We believe that nine, the New Testament standard for tithing is 10% of your gross income. The 10% is established in the Old Testament, mentioned many times, and I would say 99.9% .9 of Bible teachers and Bible preachers and pastors and people on TV and podcasts and radio would say that 10% is the standard. It's not like somebody just made it up. We kind of grabbed it. No. It's, we've seen it in the Old Testament, and we want, we want you to have a standard so you avoid things like, well, give what you feel like. Right. Or give what you think you can afford today. No. That's bogus. Those are wrong statements. If there's a standard, and like Manny mentioned last program, God is very precise. He has a pattern. Okay, He's not going to play a little game. Today, 2%. Next week, 12. How about 11 and a half? How about 90? How about three? Oh, how about zero? No. <laughs> you want to say, again, and by the way, this also protects of another thing that comes up. Sometimes people say, we want you to give all of your life savings. Mm. We want you to give some big gift, you know, yeah, you know, I think I think you probably know about that, man. Sometimes cults make things like that, I don't they? Many cults want want you to give everything. They want you to give all your goods, all all your furniture, all, all your future money, even like they even want to know, okay, what are you making on your next page? And then, <laughs> yeah. You know, so this is, of course, this principle is very raw. So we see above in in, in the scriptures that it lay aside something for the collection, and so it's it's not it's not clear. Uh, it's not, it's not talking about cleaning up your, your right, bank right, right. You take something to your money, your paycheck or whatever you get, and you set it aside, not clear out your bank account, not sell your house and things like that. And I think if you know a quote, good Christian group, no good Christian group is going to have you to give all your money. Right. That is a cult practice. That is a cultic type action. It's nothing to do with the body of Christ. Okay. Because we're talking about a monthly, or if you want to call it a weekly giving, <laughs> you take some money, excuse me, you put it aside, you don't get emotionally attached one way or the other, and you do it aside up front so you can't, oh, the last minute, gee, it's 500, oh, I'm a little bit short. I think I'll, I think only you three out of even though 500 is my 10%. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So you, some of you, maybe you've never tithed, <clears throat> maybe you never regular tithe. And again, may not want to encourage you to give 10% of the gross. And I'll talk about the gross in a minute. But first of all, think about this. If you've never tithed and you think 10% is beyond your faith or beyond your comfort level, start off with 2 or 3%. Start off with 5%. Just start giving to God regularly. I've heard people on K-level. I, I didn't. I can only give 5 or $10 a, a month, and the normal is like 20 or $30. And then pretty soon they're giving 30 40 or 50 They started out small. There's no condemnation, okay? Now, check your heart. Make sure you're not trying to be cheap, okay? Or more right. cheat God. But if, if that's where you're at, and I've heard many people, so to speak, have said this. 
And I've even said, I've even heard people say, and I've even done it for a few people, is I said, I'll pay your tithe for six months and see if that helps. Mm-hmm. See if God blesses you. Mm-hmm. And after six months, they realize it does, and they begin to tithe. So start where you're at. Maybe give 2% for a while, then increase it to four. Maybe give five, increase it to six, or five increases to eight and stuff like that. Try to get up to 10%, okay? And again, as you grow in this, you know, when I first started sharing the Lord with people, I would pretty much go up to people and have like four lines. Do you know Jesus? Are you born again? And once I established that, uh, we kind of went, but then I stopped. I, did, I didn't know anything else. Right? Well, then guys started, you know, have, so to speak, showing me, Gary, there's people that are sick. You lay hands on the sick, as it says. You go into all the world. You preach, teach, cast out devils. So I began to do much more. And it's the same thing. If you're tithing at a low level or you're not used to it, tithe at a level and then get, so to speak, how should I say it, more comfortable in that and kind of go on with it and stuff. And don't let me condemn you about that. God's happy when you give. You know, I've heard there's only 6 to 20% of the body of Christ give or tithe regularly. That is insanity. It's horrible. If 6% is terrible, if it's 20%, that's pretty terrible itself. There should be 80, 90, 100% giving. There's no reason we in the body of Christ should be, so to speak, bogarting, holding back. Okay, why do we say the gross? Well, let's think about that. Let's say you make $5,000 a month. Okay, okay. A tithe would be $500, right? Mm-hmm. By the 10% many is $500, right? Yeah. Well, let's say that you earn $5,000, but from your check, oh, there's $700 taken out for taxes and uh, $400 for health care and $400 for retirement. Well, that means your check starts out at $5,000 minus $1,500. It's now $3,500. If you tithe on the net, you'd only be tithing $350. So instead of tithing, 500 on that gross, you'd be saying, I'm only going to tie 350 because that's what's left when I get all these things get taken out. So that's why we don't want to shortchange the Lord or, or come across, if you want to call it that, backhanded stuff. Just be upfront with God. And may I said before, he has a pattern, he's precise, he'll be upfront with you. And you know, I just want to see this as a testimony. When I first got saved, I remember there, were, there was uh, an evangelist that I've met personally and on TV, Gary, for like three or four years, I'm not kidding you. All I could afford was to send this guy five bucks a month. Okay. And I remember faithfully, I would write a check for $5 a month. And, and I remember that I was all like, why am I doing this? But what I'm, my, my testimony is that it took a while right, for my faith to get root to get right right amen and to know but you know what god is god is in my finances and you know what god started to bless me and and i just kept on giving five dollars five dollars five dollars you know now uh, that ministry is still around uh i won't mention his name but you know and they're still around preaching the gospels going out at 10 revivals and every now and then i just the lord just so see so see but this time it's not five dollars my boy, fifty dollars. You know? Right. Yeah. So praise God. You have increased. You get your faith increased. And of course, your money's increased too. You bound it. You sowed. Right. And then you began to reap, and you began to reap abundantly. Right. Or bountifully, if you would. You, exactly. You know. So if you should have any questions or any comments, please contact us at GaryGriffinHagen.com, and we would love to to help in any way that we can. Now let's now go into Second Corinthians. Chapter 9. All right. So we're going to start at verse 1. We're going to go through the whole thing. 
And I agree with many, if you have a question about tithing or something like that, please contact us. So I'm going to read each verse, and I'm going to make a comment about it or make a comment about song. Verse 1, again, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now concerning the ministry to the saints, it's superfluous for me to write to you. Verse 2, for I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the Macedonians, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Verse 3, yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that I said you may be ready. Again, you may be ready. Verse 4, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be a saved to this confident boast. Okay? So again, he's saying, be prepared. <clears throat> Sorry, verse 5. Therefore I thought that it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. Again, th- see what he's saying there. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of grudging. It's not a matter of obligation. You want to prepare in your hearts as you pray and seek God and you kind of walk with them, that he, you can make up your mind, okay, ahead of time. Man, he said, I'm going to give five, five. Well, now I'm going to give 50, okay? Something's changed. Something is, so to speak, grown in Manny. And that's exactly what we wanted to do. We also want you to avoid that last second. See, here's 400. Well, I'm a little short this month. or I didn't get the tie the first week, not second week. I'm sorry. Then you can, like, try to hold some of the money back. No, we don't want you to go there. All right, verse 6. We've said this before, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Again, this blows out that New Testament standard that believers should just be getting by, that believers should be poor. No, if you give, God says you're going to reap. If you reap sparingly, you sow, but if you sow bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully, and you'll be far beyond poor at getting by. Verse 8, I'm sorry, verse 7, so again, let each one give as he purposes his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. So we're saying again, as May would mention, he gave $5, he gave $5, he gave them. That's what he felt he should give. That's what he felt he could give. And one day, God began to increase them. Now he can give $50, okay? That's a much that's 10 times more than what he was given, all right? So he's, he's increased. And we want you, as a, as a, so to speak, a believer, to be cheerful, as it says, in the scripture, be cheerful in this. Don't do it out of grudging or, so to speak, obligation. Just, I pray because I know God wants me to pray. I read the word because I know that God wants me to read the word. I don't do, well, God got to do this to satisfy God. No, I got to do it because it's, I'm a believer and I, want, I love God and he loves me and he's showing me some things. Again, we want to, so to speak, encourage you, whether it be a man or woman, give tithes. Give and think of these scriptures that you can purpose in your heart to give. Again, not a, not a grudge or an obligation. And Manny mentioned this verse before, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, that you have sufficiency in all things and have an abundance for every good work. People, this is the scripture that God's, again, his grace abounds to you. It's not shortchanging you. It's not, oh, I'm cheapo. Oh, Gary, you can't give because I'm El Cheapo God and I'm not going to bless you. I'm not going to bless you with pennies, okay? I might keep you $5 per month for 25 years. No, you know, I'm going to be there for a few years and I'm going to start giving 50. Praise God, okay? And it says you might have all sufficiency, not some, but all sufficiency 
and you may be having abundance for every good work. Okay? Well, think about that. It's telling you that you can have an abundance for every good work. That's so good. This is <clears throat> this is a very great point here that we mentioned earlier that God standard, God's standard is more than enough. Right? God is more than enough. And so right. I see the same point here of abundance in every every good work. So let's start believing for that. Amen. Let's this is here in twenty twenty four. Right. Let's start, start believing this year for the this <laughs> work that God has for us. Amen. Well, listen, verse 9, it says, As it is written, he is dispersed abroad. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Well, think about that. It's talking. He is given to the poor. His righteousness. And this is not talking about self-righteousness. This just means you order your life, and as you give, it pr- produces righteousness all around you because you're constantly giving. You're constantly, so to speak, sowing in others' lives. Verse 10, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food Supply and multiply the seed you've sown. So again, this verse speaks to me a wonder that we will experience when we practice regular giving. God ministers to the giver. He ministers our daily needs, our sustenance, and he also multiplies the seed that we're giving. This results in a greater effect for the kingdom of God via multiplication. Mm-hmm. May I want you to read the next couple of verses? I'm that little you know, Russell. Well, you, you are enriching everything all liberating, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. So this, of course, it talks about in everything God will supply. In everything we praise him, we give God praise and we thank him for for him, for that. Because that's what he's, you know, what he will multiply, it doesn't necessarily mean like if you get $5, for example. Right. That you're going to get $2.50. Right, right, right. You might might give $5.00. But the guy, when you go and eat, will buy your lunch. Amen. It might be more than five dollars. <laughs> that might be bigger than that. Right, that's true. That's true. You, you know what I mean? So it's not necessarily got to be equate right. money, equate equate time, counseling. Right. Uh, uh, it might be somebody say, you know what? I bought an extra pair of shoes, and, you, and I already wear the same size I do. Right. You I'm going to give you a pair of shoes. Right. Right. Shoes, and you're like, you know, you know what? I've been thinking about that. You know, I, I mean, our friend David, he went for this company. I think he got like oh, yeah. five or six pairs of shoes, two or three for him and three for his ex-wife. They even, <laughs> they even gave him some money or some shoes for his wife, his ex-wife. Oh, crazy. Um, I'll read verse 12. For the administration of the service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding <laughs> through many thanksgivings to God. Think about what these last verses said. As people give, it abounds to thanksgivings to God. People are thanking God. Like Manny said, people are praising God because people are giving. So that's a good, a good exhortation for us to give. Manny wants you to read 13. So, well, through the, the, the power of this ministry, the glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and your liberality sharing with them and all mention. Wow. So the obedience of the Corinthians here, uh, uh, it, it, when they collected the, the, this, the collection, it was tangible. It was right. they, they were like there was evidence of of God's goodness in His grace. So they glorified God. Right. It was evidence of their belief that there's a God. Evidence <laughs> belief of the gospel. So I'm going to give because this is the God that saved me or gave His Son to save me. And again, let's say it's going to bound back to they it was me. And they, acted and they acted on it. There you go. In verse 14, about their prayer for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So others see our genuine and our real concern as we give. They see that, and that's a testimony to the grace of God, to the goodness of God, 
to the gospel of God, okay, and the goodness is inside of us. Well, thanks be to God for his indescribable. That's verse 15. Right. There we go. <laughs> well, hey, listen, we, uh, we hope that you've enjoyed this series. It's turned out to be four programs. Um, and think about the things we said. If you have time, go back and review these. These are things that we want you to do from your heart, okay? Not some, again, some twisted doctrine, some name it and claim it, blab it and grab it type stuff. No, we just want you to know that God wants you successful. And as Manny said two or three times, we want you to be successful in 2024. This yes. is a new year. We want you to have this new thing. I can read a couple of verses from, say, from Kings, but I'm not going to do it today. It talks about a couple of widows. Listen, okay, to God's prophets, okay? And they got greatly blessed. Maybe next time we'll talk about them. Thanks so much for joining us today. God bless you. And hope you can join us next week as we go into 